Hey, uh, this morning we're continuing our Advent series. Um, we're calling Christmas Nostalgia. And you know what we're talking about when we say nostalgia, right? There are those moments in our lives um, when we look back on our past and we remember the sweetness of those moments in our lives and we're like, ah. Oh, if I could go back there, like there was that restaurant that your family went to, that was the one that you picked, and you just want to get back to that restaurant again one day. You got food poisoning like five times at that restaurant, but it's something about like, I want to go back to that restaurant. There was that sledding hill that you would go down every single year. There was that movie theater with the sticky seats, you know what I'm talking about, and you're like, oh, I missed that movie theater. Oh, the world's the worst place. There's that house that we grew up in, and we just want to get back and visit that house one more time. There, there are the seasons in our lives um, where, for whatever reason, we just long to get back to the way that it used to be, the way that our lives once were. It's, it's called nostalgia uh, for us. Um, nostalgia, it's this longing for the good old days. It's the longing for the sweetness of what our past was. It's honestly something that all of us could probably use a little bit of these days, isn't it, in 2020? We could use some good old-fashioned nostalgia. And what better season for nostalgia than Christmas, right? Christmas. There's the lights. There's the trees. There's the gifts. There's the feasts. There's that moment when all the presents have been opened and the floor looks like like a wrapping paper cannon went off in the house. You love that, right? There's the snowball fights, there's uh, reading the birth story of Jesus with your kids or grandkids on Christmas morning. There's something about that. There's, there's attending the annual Christmas Eve service. We could use a little bit of that good old days Christmas nostalgia. Now, one thing that I would argue like is high up on the list of Christmas nostalgia is the, are the songs of the season, the Christmas music. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm wondering this this morning. I did, first, I did first service. I asked. We did a little survey. Um, for, for those of you who would say Christmas music belongs only after Thanksgiving, not before, would you just raise your hands? This is my people here. I love this. Most of the hands are raised. Okay, if you're one of those people that's like, no, 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 Christmas music. No, that belongs far before Thanksgiving. Like, it should be on all the time. Are, are any of those people out there? Shame on you. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I tend to be in the first camp. Um, most, on most years, it's like a week or two before uh, Thanksgiving, and I pop on the radio, and then there's the, like, all I want for Christmas, and then, like, my eyes roll back into the back of my head. I can't stand it. There's gnashing of teeth that happens in my car at that point. Um, but this year, this year's been a little different for me. Uh, maybe it has been for you as well. Like, I'm like, bring on the Christmas music this year. Like, I could use it. Like, give us some Christmas music. I'm high on the list of Christmas nostalgia, I would argue, are the songs of the season. Now, our scripture reading this morning is the first ever Christmas song ever written. The first ever Christmas song ever written. Um, if you have your Bible this morning, our scripture reading is found in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to open that up to Luke chapter 1, um, starting in verse 46. And if you're like, yeah, but I forgot my Bible this morning, I know you have a smartphone. Just get the smartphone out and then op Google it, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. We'll follow along together. Um, if you grew up in the church, this passage of scripture actually has a fancy 
fancy title historically for uh, followers of Jesus, and that title is Mary's Magnificat. Mary's Magnificat. Um, and as we've had uh, the music this morning, the carols going this morning, I think it'd be fun to listen to the first ever Christmas carol or Christmas song that appeared in the history of the world. So our scripture reading is found in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. Our scripture reader this morning is Scott Brandon. Scott, you can head up when you're ready. And what I thought would be fun is because this is a song, I, I'm asking Scott to sing it for us this morning. I'm just kidding. He's going to read it. Um, what we do here, church, is we stand for the reading of God's word, and we do so every single week. We stand for the reading of God's word because we believe that this book matters. This story matters. This is the truest story for us. And so, Scott, take it away. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Thank you, Scott. You all may be seated. Have you ever had that moment in your life? Um, maybe it was something amazing happened to you, or, or maybe something incredible happened to you, something shocking, something amazing, or, or maybe it was a moment where um, something bad happened in your life, like there was a tragedy, um, there was a painful season that you entered into in your life. Have you ever had that moment though, where something like that happens to you, and then your only response in that moment is to begin singing? Me either. No, not at all. Like, who does that, right? Actually, some of you are like, I do that all the time. What are you talking about? Like, when I win Monopoly, when I win that game, I have to sing a song like Dora the Explorer, we did it. You know, like, you know, the majority of us, we would say, um, no, I don't break out in spontaneous song very often when something good or bad happens in my life. And um, what's interesting um, is that in the scriptures, there are dozens of moments where just that thing happens, where suddenly a person or a family or a people group, whatever it may be, they break out into song and they spontaneously sing together. It's like a real thing that happens in the scriptures a lot. Um, like in Exodus chapter 15, um, you probably know this story. There's the story of the Exodus and the Hebrew people, they cross the Red Sea and like there's walls of water on each side and they make it across the Red Sea and they're safe on the other side. Like we know this story. But what happens immediately after that is they get to the other side and what happens? Moses is like, hey, Hebrew people, we should sing now. And then they sing. Like it's exactly what happens. Um, in fact, there are over 180 songs in the Bible. And about 40 of them are those spontaneous singing moments. Something happened and now we're supposed to sing. Now one thing a lot of those songs in the Bible have in common 
is that they're reflections on amazing things that happen in people's lives. Like there's good news that happens. They were saved from something. Something good happened. We survived the crossing of the Red Seas. Like it's a really big deal, so let us sing together. But our scripture reading this morning is different from all those other songs in the Bible. Um, our scripture reading is Mary, Jesus' mom, singing a spontaneous Christmas praise song to the Lord. And what's different about Mary's song is that Mary's song doesn't come from a place of achievement. I did the thing. I got this amazing thing that's going to happen to me. Or even accomplishment. Like, I accomplished this thing. Look what I did. In fact, it's a song that's being sung in the midst of tremendous difficulty. It is. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 1 a second. I want you to see something in there. Luke chapter 1. It's like right at the beginning of Mary's song in verse 46, I believe. I just want to read it to us and, and just listen to the beginning of Mary's song, okay? This is what she says. She says, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name, Mary's song says. Now, we read this and we're like, Dude, that's like a lot of good news that we are reading in this song. It's optimistic. It's positive. My soul glorifies the Lord. God has been mindful of me. All generations will be blessed, Mary sings, right? But think of the context that Mary is singing this song. This song was not sung with the shepherds as they were visiting baby Jesus. Like, that's not when the song was sung. The song was not sung with the magi, with their gifts and all. That's not when the song was sung. This song was not sung as Mary was cradling her newborn child, and it was this amazing moment. That's not when the song was sung. In fact, this song was sung um, actually not after Jesus' birth, but before Jesus' birth. God had just announced to Mary that she had miraculously conceived. It was a work of the Holy Spirit. And we read this, right, in our context, and we're like, wow, like what an amazing, amazing story. Look what happened to Mary. That is just incredible, isn't it? Well, but this story didn't happen in a vacuum, you see? For Mary, it's a different reality than the way that we read it. This story happened in a very conservative religious community at the time. As soon as this song would be over, Mary's life would take a hard turn in a bad direction. I mean, think about this. We, we know so many of the details here. Think about Mary's future husband who would say, I'm going to quietly divorce her, like questioning her faithfulness. I don't know if she's faithful or not. I'm not sure about that. Mary would be the, the woman in her neighborhood with the scarlet letter, right? She'd be walking around. Everyone knew that Mary was pregnant outside of wedlock. She would say, no, God um, miraculously conceived this child in me. But what do you think that the neighbors would think about that claim, right? I mean, imagine if this happened in your life right now. Imagine your 17-year-old daughter comes home and says, hey, mom and dad, I've got good news I'm pregnant, and God did it. 
we would ground that person, I think. Like, we, we wouldn't believe it, would we? We wouldn't. Mary became the shame of her community. She became the villain in this moment in, in, in her life. And yet, in the midst of all the bad news that comes from this moment, Mary still spontaneously, well, sings. She sings. See, it's, it's one thing in our lives um, to sing when we win at life. I won Monopoly. Let me sing about my victory, right? It's an entirely other thing in our lives when we sing in the midst of incredible difficulty in our lives. You know, I don't know about you, but it's just been a season of life where singing praises of joy, right? Where that's really gone down in the priority list in life for me. Like, like why would we sing right now, really? Like, why would we sing? It has been a long, tough, difficult season for us, hasn't it? Um, for many of us, it's been a season filled with, well, loss, um, losing jobs, losing family, losing friends. Um, should we even mention this? But like losing elections, right? Like that happened. And a lot of us, that's been hard for us. It's been a defeating year for us, hasn't it? All the way around. We, we call it the 2020 syndrome or whatever it happens to be. So why would we sing? Why would we sing? And yet Mary still spontaneously sings. You know, the, be, the big question for us to wrestle with, I think, is, well, why? Like, why does she sing in this moment in her life when she knows it's about to get really difficult for her? You know, to help us, I, I, I can't help but think of a man named Daryl Ross. I can't help but think about him when I think about singing. Daryl was newer to TFRC. Um, you probably didn't know Daryl, but you probably knew Daryl's voice if you were ever in worship with him because that dude, when he sang, he did, gave it everything he had. He would just go for it and praise the Lord with his voice. Daryl was a man that could sing and worship and fill the room with his voice. When Daryl came to church, his voice would boom. It was kind of awesome. I loved it. Um, many of you know that Daryl uh, recently suddenly passed away. Like, shocking. Did not know that that was going to happen. Um, and a week after Daryl passed, um, his family and his friends and his church family, we, we all gathered actually in this room on, on one afternoon. And I don't know if you've done this in a funeral, but there's funerals you go to and then there's singing that happens at the funeral and it's always like a little uncomfortable and you sing like, like a quarter of the loudness you normally would because it's just weird because you're at a funeral. That was not true at Daryl's funeral. This room was ablaze with voices praising the Lord. It was unbelievable. It was the kind of thing as a pastor where it's like it knocks you off your socks. Like what in the world is happening in this space? And the question is why? How could the room be ablaze with praises to the Lord when they just lost Daryl? Like how is that possible? What happened here? In the midst of the sadness and the shock and the tragedy, like, like how did they sing like that? Well, you know why they sang. It's the same reason that Mary sang. You see, despite the difficulty of the moment where we get trapped in our lives, despite the difficulty of that, 
in this room at Daryl's funeral, in Mary's life, there was a recognition that there is a broader reality going on in our world at the same time. And it's bigger than what's happening right here and now in my life. That God is on the move in our world, that God is up to something in our world, that God has a trajectory for our world, and that reality has not changed no matter what happens in the here and now moment our lives, that God is up to something in our life. And so guys, Mary sang. She sang. And if you look at Mary's song, if you have your Bible, you can just turn there and look. If you look at her song, her song's not really about her, actually. Mary's song is not about her bad circumstances. Mary's song is not about how, how horrible it's going to be the next few years in her life. Mary's song is about the greater reality that God is up to something in her world and she got to see it in her life. In Mary's song, she gives credit to God 13 times in 10 verses. It's all God. God did this. It's all God. God did this and then God did this and then God does this and God continues to do this. God is at work in this world, and God is moving in this world. That is the whole point of Mary's song. And you see, when we let that sink into our lives, like when we choose to believe that and then assimilate it inside of us, when it becomes a part of us, that God's radical presence is on the move despite what's happening in the here and now, I promise you, something will happen to us. It will, it will change us. And maybe, well, maybe we'll want to sing, <laughs> you know? Maybe. Like, even if your voice is like nails on a chalkboard, I'm not looking at anyone in particular right now, um, maybe even you will want to sing once you get that reality that God is up to something in this world. It's hard here, but there's a lot more going on in this world. Church, Christmas is like five days away, right? It's the season where we remember God's radical action in our world, where God showed up in the birth of Jesus. It was God incarnate in Jesus. And in this season, despite how bad it may have been this year, 2020 is just the worst, whatever, despite how bad it's been for us in our lives, God's up to something. God's up to something. God's on the move in our world right now. The year is not lost on God. God saw this coming a mile away, and God's doing something positive with it, moving it toward his will, all of it. When we let that sink in, man, what's the word for that? Awe? A amazement? When we experience that, maybe, just maybe, We'll want to sing. Amen? You know, we have one song left this morning that we're going to sing. It's one that you're going to love. It's, it's like a Christmas classic, right? What if we took all the stuff that was going on in our lives, all the hardship, all the negative, all the difficulty, and we were able to take all that stuff for just three minutes of a song, put it somewhere else, and then open ourselves up to the reality of God and be amazed by God. How would that change that last song for us? I challenge us, church. We got one song left this morning. 
Put the stuff aside. Look at what the Lord is doing. And what if we just sang our lungs out for this final song and see what God does in the midst of that? We'd be a lot like Mary if we did. We'd be a lot like Daryl's family and friends and church family if we did. So I'm going to challenge you. This one more song. Let's do it. Like, let's sing to the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. God, we, we thank you as we do every week for your word. We thank you that um, despite where we are in the here and now, God, you are in the here and now and you are beyond the here and now in our lives. God, we ask um, in this season of life that seems to continue on and on and on for so many of us that you would just peel back the curtain for a minute so we can see all that you actually are up to, God. God, give us the hope. Give us the faith. Help us to trust you in this season. Help us remember what you did 2,000 years ago and you continue to do through that moment. God, help us internalize that, assimilate that, make it a part of us. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace, church. Amen?